again pornography is leading the way of uh technology oh yeah yeah do you know about this do you hear about this <laughs> <laughs> no continue your 90s stand-up routine thanks uh no there's just been some there's been a couple of news stories in the past uh month or so that i think are a little bit relevant to the podcast okay uh first one was a uh, popular twitch streamer which i don't I didn't even really know what a podcast was until we started this, so <laughs> I think it's just it's kind of the same, but you play video games, right? Uh, it's but it's live. I think that's usually that's it's usually it. live. So it's live, okay. It, it's an important aspect. You you have these people who will go on for hours of their day playing video games and talking to their fans online, and uh, it becomes their job. Seems sick. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It, I know that it's just because I'm old, but, uh, I just think about whenever I would go to a friend's house and they'd have a new video game Mm -hmm. and then I'd watch them play and I'd just think to myself, I wish I could be playing this video game instead of watching them play it. Yes. I think that's a, uh, I think that's a common reaction. I would watch my friend play Diablo 2 for hours at a time and it was terrible <laughs> mostly it was him dying uh the fun I'll get back to my story but the funniest thing that ever happened to him in Diablo 2 was these two guys that like he'd gotten like pretty high up there in the level and he was at the point where you could go into like hardcore mode and like mm-hmm. killed and like all your shit would spill out yeah yeah so he befriended these two guys and they were hopping like just from like you know like high level dungeon to high level dungeon and just gathering up gear and then one day they just killed him and robbed him and took all his shit <laughs> after he like acquired a ton of like super valuable stuff yeah uh you know he was very very upset about it but since yeah. i'd just been watching him i i thought it was funny i uh i played a lot of diablo 2 back in the diablo 2 games i ne- days uh, i never played hardcore mode because i was afraid of losing all my shit as you should be yeah um you have no friends on hardcore mode yeah. You only have interests. That's what uh, Henry Kissinger said that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, streamer Atrioc, who, uh, once again, I don't know. I don't know what games he plays or anything, but I do know that he's married. Okay. And I know that uh, he has, like, streaming friends. I think, you know, like, people link up. They forge alliances and so forth. Right, right. Uh, all that is to say, uh, these one, he's a guy and these... Uh, other streamer uh pokimane okay know. you know that, that kids just do whatever nowadays <laughs> anyway they're streamers they're buddies they're friends and it comes out some uh it comes out somehow that he had been viewing deep fake pornography of uh this streamer and another streamer whose name escapes me Oh yeah, I, yeah. Have you I, heard, I heard of this a little bit. I heard that much of it. I don't know anything else See, about you it. Did hear about it? You have you have heard about it? Yes. Well, you. I, I only know that now that you've given enough information for it to line up with what I heard. Okay, good. Um, so uh, you know, he did a, a tearful apology video with his wife in the background, also crying. <laughs> this has uh, apparently wrecked their relationship, as far as I can tell. What's more is he paid for the porno. Right, right. Uh, but yeah, he was crying and he was like, oh, it's just this ad, this ad that thousands of other dudes have probably clicked when they're watching these and they just want to see. And I was just curious. But at a certain point, I, I feel like my curiosity would fade once they asked for a credit card number. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've I've been uh, aroused and interested in weird things. Uh, I think anybody who has listen to Pornhub Roulette knows by now that I've seen some things on the internet. Oh, definitely. And uh, I've gone down some rabbit holes, but it's usually been uh, free. 
Yeah. No, like. Once I, mean, I have to fine. start plugging in credit card info, I think that it's going to uh, rouse the logical part of my brain that's going to start asking questions and. Yeah. Uh, For deep fakes. Yeah, deep fakes. I, I... <laughs> it's one thing, okay. Like, celebrity deep fakes are like. You, I don't know. I had my fill of those when they would just like slap a celebrity's body onto someone or face onto someone else's uh, nude pic. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't need it. Uh, but, like uh, I understand why you would make a deep fake and then post it on some internet thing to try to get views and stuff, but I don't know why you would contract a deep fake be made for you just for being able to see it. Especially if it's somebody that you apparently know. Well, I think the thing is, is that yeah, she was in the ad for it. Like, okay, she was like in the banner ad, and like her and another girl, and that's what got his curiosity aroused. Okay, so someone's out there just like it's just like its own industry of deep fake streamer porn. I see. It's troubling, but um, it is a uh, it is within our purview. It is, and. Uh, I don't know. I don't think I would let deep fake porn destroy my marriage. Yeah, I would have. Yeah, I would deep fake. I guess like I don't think that deep fake porn should be something that destroys a relationship. Well, I don't know. I guess the fact that it's somebody that he knows is kind of the the fat the aggravating factor here. Yeah, it's the rub. Because if he was just paying for deep fake porn of random people or people that he didn't know that he thought were attractive, mm-hmm. it would be a different situation, I guess. Deep fakes. They're not gonna um the technology's there, but are we using it responsibly? Um we're gonna have uh Who's a tech guy? We're going to have Steve Jobs on later to uh, talk about this disrupting new technology. Yes, and um, Stephen oh, Hawking. We're having a roundtable. With all the Steves. Boss, break out your roundtable. This one is oblong. We need our roundtable and our round Ouija board. Yeah, we need to just make the entire top of the roundtable a Ouija board so we can communicate with the dead. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Um. so that's story one. It's uh, It's pretty silly. It is. Uh, the video, I think, is just worth watching because of how dramatic the whole thing is. Right. Uh, a lot of people, I think, have said that it was probably just like like a PR stunt kind of deal. Like okay. Get his name out there, but I don't know. I don't want to have my... I'm not going to... I don't want to make my wife cry on a video. Yeah, I think that... seems that, sociopathic. Yeah, especially if you're doing it just for uh, attention. Yeah. So... Streaming and deepfakes. Let's get rid of them both. But if you want to make uh, Raincoat Report deepfakes, feel free. Yeah. Yes. Yes. We can deepfake the whole podcast. I can go take a nap. The whole podcast has been a deepfake the whole time. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We've just been like a chat model. Yeah, we've uh, we plugged in to chat GPT uh, my notes for this episode and it just came through and wrote the rest of it yeah it's gonna be great um speaking of chat gpt and uh chatbots and so forth have you heard of uh replica ai that one does not ring a bell directly that one has been i would see advertisements for it on twitter for a bit and the ads would be like they'd have like level one girl and like level 99 girl and it'd be like the different things like they would do um okay that would include like you could just talk to them about anything. You know, obviously they respond. They're a chat bot. Uh-huh. And it go, apparently it would start to get more intimate and spicy as things went on. If okay. you uh, leveled up and I guess paid for the subscription. Uh-huh. To the point where they built a, uh, a rather large user base just based on, I uh, assume men mostly and probably just, some women just doing erotic role play with the bots. Okay. You, you and, just uh, have your... your uh... Your AI girlfriend that you t- chat with online, basically? Yeah, more or less. Or boyfriend? Yeah. What have you? Yeah, they live in Canada. <laughs> or they just live in the cloud, actually. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. To the cloud. Yeah. Yeah. I, my girlfriend's from the cloud. You wouldn't know her. She doesn't go to this school. Yeah. I have a girlfriend. <laughs> She's in the cloud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, But recently, as in the past few days, apparently the erotic roleplay content has been uh, downgraded, removed. Oh, no. Yeah. We're to the point now where there's like a lot of threads on Reddit and various boards saying they've taken it away. They've taken our sex robots away. <laughs> the end is here. Um, and if you try to like sex play with the robots now, they'll be like, I don't feel like doing that right now. No. Yeah. It's very sad. Um, yeah. But guys, I'm here to tell you, internet's big. There's a lot. You can erotic role play with real people. You can, um, uh, but I, I think that, well, we definitely have a lot of uh, moral ground to navigate when it comes to AI, but, mm -hmm. you know, even since we were children, there's been talk about artificial intelligence and what that means, and yeah. in this past, like, few years, that AI development has accelerated in a crazy way, and mm -hmm. it's far from perfect right now, Yeah, but it's really amazing, and I know that in the next few years... I don't know what it's going to turn into, but it's going to be amazing. There's a lot of promise to it. Uh, there's also probably going to be a lot of negatives, as we've kind of talked about. I think, you know, I think they should let them have their internet girlfriend. I don't, but I think that you shouldn't become socially dependent on a machine. I think that's how Blade Runner started, right? That's how Wally -E started. Yeah, people got too attached to their machines, and uh, they just cleaned up trash. I haven't seen Wally -E in like a decade. Well, I just remember all the the fat guys who were like rolling around in their little uh, floaty chairs and couldn't do anything. Oh yeah, and yeah, there was a bunch of trash and a robot that everybody loved had to clean it up. Oh. And then he found a girlfriend. Yeah. Kind of. I think so. I don't know. I haven't seen it since it came out either. <laughs> uh, you know. I don't watch uh, Disney stuff as much as I watch pornography, which yeah. is uh, actually the purpose for our show, The Raincoat Report. Oh, yes. Um, this is Boss here with Jeremy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Welcome. The, this whole first part has just been a... It's been a paid advertisement for the Raincoat Institute. Yes, uh, help us with our research into artificial intelligence, and we'll help computers get you off. Yeah, that's all we want. But uh, they've taken it away. It led the way. Um, people spent I guess, years developing really... Uh, apparently, it's been around for years. I thought it was like a fairly recent yeah. chatbot thing, but uh, people invested years in these uh, these women cared like sims yeah <laughs> with like dog collars on and stuff you know right uh i don't there's just people out there that also every they're all doing it you can just find those people i think that the problem is that this kind of is rooted in a type of person who is not very socially capable that's fair the uh as a uh, long-time nerd, I know that the nerd people themselves have a lot of social issues. I have my own, but they are not so extreme that I have to have an internet girlfriend that's an AI. Like social issues like desegregation? Yes. Okay. No. <laughs> I, think they need to, I think they need to let the nerds and the jocks go to school together. Yeah, they need to... <laughs> No, I think that there's a lot, There, there's probably a several hour conversation that could be had about the nerd community, uh, like, <laughs> like uh, gamers in quote. Yeah, you know, those guys, like, they went crazy. They had a whole, uh, they had a gamer gate, yeah. which is the top like level of crisis you can get in America, <laughs> so yes. have a gate to fix to your thing. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, they're... We have like this whole community of nerds that several years back kind of exploded in response to uh, women, basically, just mm -hmm. being around gaming. Yeah. Because for so many years, 
it had been so centered around especially white nerd straight guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. People like me, but who... Are less socially well-adjusted. Yes, people who are like me, but also don't have empathy. Yeah, people who would think you were disgusting for talking about porn, but... Right, but would also... Fall into the arms of their chatbot. Yes, and pay for deep fake porn of their favorite streamer. Yeah, so you know, next time... You want to pay for deep fake porn of your favorite streamer? Think about we could get instead for five dollars a month at patreon.com slash Rainco Report. Two extra episodes, ad free early episodes, and I'll deliver a big case of Dr. Pepper to your doorstep. Uh, yeah, we can't promise the last part, but what I will say you is send me if- your address, I will mail you a Dr. Pepper. <laughs> okay, that's Jeremy's promise, not mine. But uh, if you uh, post comments on our posts on Patreon, I'll reply to them. Granted, you could also probably not pay and just message Jeremy on Twitter and he'll respond to you. But I only get on the Raincoat Report Twitter like once a week now to do my posts, so I don't see a bunch of stuff anymore. Oh, okay. But uh, I'll still reply when <laughs> I see them. Yeah, he'll uh, eventually reply. Yeah, I'll reply all. Right? Yeah, sure. Why not? Reply all. Did you see about how Elon Musk uh, like got mad that Joe Biden's post about the Super Bowl had more views than his and like went on a rampage and made a bunch of engineers work overnight to boost his own post so that they showed up more? Yes. Uh, <laughs> I've also heard of him just like apparently just firing people who tell him that like engagement just has like a, a limit. Right. Because <laughs> uh, I remember a couple weeks ago, like all the big conservative accounts were like, I'm going to lock my account down. Tell me if you can see this because apparently you get boosted better if you're locked. Huh. Like, I I think it's just because only like your followers will see you at that point. So you'll get like more engagement from people that follow you, I guess, instead of just showing up like in my feed and me just being like, well, that's stupid and just scrolling past it. Right. Uh, I, I don't know. But then even Elon locked his account down to see if it would work. And I was like, bro, you own the company. Well, there are also things where like people's, uh, psychotic. There's also been a bunch of bugs where like people's oh, yeah. accounts couldn't post at all or like oh, they yeah. would post and people couldn't see it because, Elon's fired like 75% of their engineering staff. So yeah, it's all just kind of duct taped together. I remember, and we'll get to our film soon. <laughs> this is still Franco February and not the Twitter report. But uh, like back, like when he first took over and what was like October, November of last year. Yeah. He had said something like, oh, there are all these processes running like in the background when you have Twitter, we can simplify that. But it's turned out apparently those are pretty critical. Yeah. Like yeah, and all things, 80 of them. <laughs> yeah. And things have, uh, he's tried to turn things off and just broken shit on multiple occasions. My Twitter was in dark mode for like a week. Yeah. And I didn't switch it and now it's back to light mode. <laughs> <laughs> so something happened there. Uh, He's also started doing, and this annoys me, I think, and this is the last thing I'll say before we move on, I promise. He's, they've started doing promoted ads, like, in the comments of, like, other threads. Mm-hmm. So you'll just be like, oh, I'm going to read this person, I'm going to see what the comments say, and you'll scroll, and then there'll be just, like, an ad for, like, Pfizer or, not really even Pfizer anymore. I've been getting them for, just, like, random people's like self-published books and things like that oh yeah yeah just but just ads just dropped in the middle of the comment thread with uh which to me seems a lot more disruptive and annoying than the, the the so-called bot problem well and he's driven away so many advertisers so they have to show more ads in right. order to like yeah make money it's and uh, uh also i saw that uh for their two-factor authentication uh, that broke last night. Yeah, only like paying members can use it now. Yeah, uh, I think that you can still use an authenticator app for it, but you can't use text message authentication without Twitter Blue. So it's it's a damn mess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. Uh, Elon, you get the bonk of the week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
I'm going to start doing that every week now. I'm gonna the bonk. bonk of the week? Yeah. All right. Well, be, be thinking about next week's bonk, okay? It's going to be you. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, get right. it out of the way. <laughs> well. Um, but this week, what are we talking about? Well, we're still in the thick of Franco-February. And uh, this week we're talking about a movie that I actually name-dropped last week. Uh, because of its use of a certain song that we heard last week. I'd forgotten that you had said that last week, and so when it came back, I was overjoyed. Yes, so uh, this is actually the original uh, appearance of that song in a film. Chronologically, that makes sense. Yes, so this is Cocktail Special, and it is from 1978. And the song is... Yes, the delightful club hit, The Taste of Your Sperm. Yeah, everywhere in the discos in Spain in 1978. Yes. (laughs) But uh, this is one of just Franco's Marquis de Sade interpretations uh, with quite a bit of oddness uh, around it. It might be the loosest of his de Sade uh, interpretations. Yeah, it's uh, kind of a uh, kind of an interpretations of the Eugenie story, right. but basically just because there's a character named Eugenie and yeah. there's some Saudi and weirdness going on throughout, but it's not really narratively that much similar. No, yeah, it's definitely. I've seen uh, Eugenie her journey into perversion. Mm-hmm. That one has Christopher Lee, which this one doesn't have no it doesn't so that's a right away that's a problem it does have Karine gambier who we've seen in uh french pornography yeah is that the blonde uh yes okay I she knew was she... in uh uh shocking and uh some claude moulot stuff some claude moulot stuff yeah i thought she looked familiar but uh there's no christopher lee and that one had much stronger uh ties to the work of Desaad. This is like a fourth generation Xerox. Yes, yes of it that is. idea. So this is after the period that Jess was making films for Erwin C. Dietrich in Germany. Oh yeah. He had uh if if you recall, he had started making films with a lot of latitude with Dietrich. He uh disappeared in the middle of the production of a film and the thought is that he owed a great amount of money to some people, and Erwin C. Dietrich had to uh, pay them off. And uh, after that point, um, Dietrich had a lot more supervision of Jess's work. That's um, almost exactly the plot line of the film Faults. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, in a way. He does dis- he, like he has to disappear for a little bit to like pay some money to some people and he comes back and they're like all right you can't go away again we're working on something here (laughs) (laughs) but uh and this is before he uh started working for golden films in the early 80s where Mm -hmm. he made a bunch of stuff that we've seen like uh like last week's episode uh Night of Open Sex? Night of Open Sex, yes. Yeah. That was a Golden Films production. Was but Lulu, this is right in the middle. Was Lulu's Talking Ass a Golden Film? I don't think so. I think that might be post-Golden Films or outside of Golden Films when he was still working for them or something. Was it a little golden book like the ones you would get when you were a kid? Yes, like the Berenstain Bears. Yeah, the Berenstain Bears meet Lulu's Talking Ass. <laughs> Uh, but in this period, he was, you know, in between steady uh, producers, so he was just taking work where he could, and he made mm-hmm. a series of uh, three hardcore films, including Cocktail Special. Yeah. Uh, but he also did another one that I was considering doing, which is uh, Je Brûle de Parteau, or uh, it, I think it translates to, like, I'm burning inside or burning up inside. Damn. Uh, which has Marilyn Jess in it. Oh. Um, and Pulse Video actually did a Blu-ray release of that recently, which okay. I have, and it's yeah. it's an interesting film. Mm-hmm. Uh, this uh, has not had the special release. I don't believe this has had an English-friendly release, and in fact, the version that we watched was a fan combination of several sources in order yeah. to try to put together the most complete version of this film possible. Because it's been water-powered. Yes, it has been water powered, and like water power, 
I don't think this version is complete, and mm-hmm. there hasn't been a home video release that's been complete. So that's hopefully fair. at some point, Pulse or Severin or somebody will do the the full restoration of the uncut version of this. I would like a, a Severin box set of like the three hardcore films that this includes would be really... Because this one has... There's a blur in the upper right-hand corner. Yes, from that, from one of the sources has yeah. a blur in it. I think it was per- perhaps from like a TV broadcast or something like that. Huh. Huh. Like... like on, on cable on basic uh i don't know how basic it was i don't know it's you know it's europe yeah it is they europe. show tits on tv without having to pay anything yeah and so i yeah. guess once you get a few layers deep into cable especially premium cable man maybe things get really hardcore i don't know i bet europe streaming like swish swiss swish swiss, swiss premium cable you're out behind a dirty dumpster Drinking swish with a <laughs> with the dirty dog. Mouth <laughs> drinking swish with the dirty dog, and then because of the extremity of their cable uh, programming, me and that dog get some ideas from some things we see there. If you know what I mean. <laughs> um, and then we gotta go find a white lady. <laughs> uh, anyhow, <laughs> yes, uh, cocktail special is uh, one of the handful of Jess Franco hardcore films of the 70s. Um, honestly, they could it, it, you could do a box set of just Jess Franco's hardcore films in general. I feel I like there's probably like maybe like 10 of them in total. Yeah, like, um, for sure. There was Marquis de Sade in the 70s. These three, Cocktail Special, Jabril de Parto and another one that I can't remember what it is off the top of my head. See, Fallow Crest was hardcore, right? Yes, that was part of his 80s run of hardcore yeah, yeah. with Lulu's Talking Ass and yeah. Felistia or something yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, it's another one that's like, that one, this one was like Falcon Crest. I think Felistia is like Dynasty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We haven't covered that one yet, but uh, there's always next week yeah. or there's always next year. Yeah, we'll we'll get around to it eventually, I'm sure. Uh, but I definitely wanted to cover something hardcore this year, and uh, Cocktail Special, while it doesn't have a reputation for necessarily being a great film, uh, I did read some things about it that made me think it might be worth checking out, and it probably was worth checking out, even if it's not necessarily Jess's uh, finest work. But yeah, uh, it's worth noting that IMDb credits Lena Romay in this film, and she is definitely not in this film. Okay, it's like I, I didn't think that was her. <laughs> uh, it in fact, I, like I saw that on the IMDb, so the whole movie I was waiting for her to show up at some point, and then she didn't, and I was like, "What the fuck?" But even in Stephen Thrower's book, he mentions, you know, even though it was written years ago, he mentions that IMDb lists Lena Romay on it, even though she's not actually in it, so IMDB. Always getting for it shame. Wrong. Yeah, you're always getting it wrong. <laughs> Why don't you try getting it right instead? So anyway, uh that's I don't know, that's about as much setup as this needs. So we're gonna just take a quick break here. We're gonna go make a cocktail special of our own. No. <laughs> That'll be more meaningful as we discuss the film further, but uh, and then we'll be back to talk about Cocktail Special. I can only drink plain brown. <laughs> Not with some additives? No. <laughs> my doctor says those are bad. Oh, no. Yeah. I talk to my doctor about every episode of this show. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. uh. Did you put that in as the transition? Um, 
Probably not. I don't know. I can. Okay, you just put it in for all of them. Every transition <laughs> in this episode is just that song. Okay. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna use the same sample four times. You may as well because the rest of it's in um, is it is in French? Uh, yeah, probably. It's in one of the languages. I don't know. <laughs> not American. Yeah, it's not American. American. <laughs> and none of these languages have been American movies. No. No. <laughs> uh, what's this cocktail? Yes, this is cocktail with Tom Cruise. Okay. Uh, my cousin wouldn't let me. She had a bunch of tapes, mm-hmm. and she wouldn't let me watch Cocktail, even though it was the one I wanted to watch most because it had like a neon sign on the video tape. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, that looks so cool!" But she wouldn't let me watch Cocktail, so I've never seen it. So I'm pretty excited. This is the second Tom Cruise movie we've covered <laughs> on the show after uh, Top Guns. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know, I'm coming around to him. I don't really even care that. He's um, he's like a science guy. I don't care that he likes science. <laughs> Him and Bill Nye. Yeah. <laughs> well, cocktail special. Uh, this is the special edition of cocktail. Oh, okay. Like Star Wars special edition. Yeah, there's going to be a bunch of dobacks in it. <laughs> Wait, CG right? CG dobacks. That, that's what they call them, right? It's yes. Not, okay, that's not the slur. Okay, good. <laughs> So Cocktail Special opens on a close-up of a vagina being brushed by a flower of some sort as slowly the word copulation is chanted over and over again. Hmm. We see the flower licked and sucked on in addition to being brushed against the vagina. As this goes on, we get some credits for the film and some shots of a seaside manor as uh, is tradition in a Jess film. Mm-hmm. The flower work continues. She's licking it a bit at this point, right? Yes. Yeah. Very, um, very devil and Miss Jones. Yeah. Yeah. At this point, the phone rings and our flower girl, who we learn is Eugenie, she answers it. She speaks to Martine de Bressac, who is, uh, an erotic novelist. Who's billed as Lena Romay, but is not. Yeah, she, on IMDb she had there's a there's a billing for Carol David as Martine de Bersac, but there's also a billing for Lena Romay as just Martine. Right. Which is uh, ultra confusing especially since as we mentioned before Lena Romay is not in this film at all. Do you think Lena Romay was in maybe if there were uh hardcore like inserts? It's possible, but okay. I, I would assume that Stephen Thrower would have mentioned that okay. in his book, and he didn't. All right, so that's fair. I was just thinking of a possibility besides yeah. it being like just a mistake. You know, right. I'm, I'm considering it from all angles here. Yeah, I mean, she's and she's not credited with anything on the film because even in some films that she's not in, she has like a script role yeah, or something. She's not credited credit. for anything, but. I mean, she was in most of Jess's films from, you know, the early 70s on. Right. So, she, her being in the periphery somewhere would make sense, but uh, I don't have any particular evidence of that. Okay. Well, who's on the other side of this call? Uh, that's Martine Debrissac, oh, yeah, not played by Lena Romay, played by a Carol David. conversation about that that I forgot. Yes, we were, in <laughs> fact, still having that conversation when you asked it. Uh, but yes, uh, Martine tells Eugenie that she's very fond of her, um, which we see her saying as she's playing with two guys' cocks, naked other than a pair of thigh highs. Martine invites Eugenie to spend the weekend with her. Martine then notes on the phone that the last time they talked, Eugenie confessed to being inexperienced in sex and asked Martine for some guidance. We see a close-up of Martine being fingered in both holes by a woman behind her as the conversation continues. Martine mentions that Eugenie must have gathered from her writings that Martine's a bit of a lesbian, to which Eugenie says she thinks she might be too. Martine invites Eugenie to come over this weekend and she'll show Eugenie many pleasures. 
Martine promises to convince Eugenie's parents to allow it to happen, as Eugenie is a bit concerned that they wouldn't. As they're talking, Eugenie is playing with herself. Martine tells Eugenie that she'll introduce her to her servants, couples they can play with. Martine mentions that she's stroking the cock of Berto as they speak, while his wife Anna pleasures her with her tongue. Mm. Eugenie is excited as she hears about this depravity going down on the other end. Martine also notes that her brother Christian is also there. He's a bit inexperienced like Eugenie, so he's uh, so she's interested in introducing them. That'll help her figure out whether or not she's a lesbian, I think. Yes, I think it's more likely that she's somewhere on the spectrum in between. Like, yeah. Like everybody is, even if they won't admit it. Autistic. What? Autistic. Autistic, yes, yeah. on the on the autism spectrum. She's in there in the middle, I think. <laughs> She's right there. Uh, Martine tells uh, Eugenie to come, and it'll be a weekend she never forgets. It's at this point that Eugenie confesses on the phone that she's masturbating and tells Martine that she's thinking of her. After they end the call, we cut back to Martine, stroking and sucking Berto's cock. Meanwhile, Eugenie's parents come home, including her dad, Raymond, who yells at her for running around the house naked in her open robe. Sure, why not? Um... She says I've she's. Had, I've had similar complaints since I moved back home. <laughs> <laughs> her dad says that he doesn't want to see her naked, though she knows that she was just home alone. Meanwhile, we cut back to Martine sucking off Berto and making him come as Anna licks her pussy and asks from behind. It's gonna pop. <laughs> uh, Christian walks off in the meantime. We then cut to Eugenie's dad, Raymond visiting a dominatrix but this dominatrix isn't any dominatrix it's martine oh wow what a small world yeah (laughs) she informs raymond that he's been mean to her and he must be punished so we cut to martine wrapping her whip around raymond's cock as she's explaining to him that she wants eugenie to spend the weekend with her raymond's not too keen on this idea So Martine then threatens to reveal to everyone that Raymond, who's apparently a politician, is a masochist. Mm. So this blackmail ultimately succeeds, and Raymond agrees, very reluctantly, that Eugenie can spend the weekend with Martine. Sorry. I wonder as far as like political scandals, if it came out you were like a masochist or like a cuck, like the reverberations would probably be worse than if you were like outed as like a rapist. You know, uh, in the environment we're in currently, I feel like, yes, certainly in the environment of the seventies for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, today I would like to think it wouldn't be as bad, but you're probably right. I think if it came out that like just some like real popular, like Republican politician was just like a straight cuck, you know, I think they would, turn on him faster than if he'd been like, oh, I I raped a dozen girls. (laughs) You know? Like, and he was openly admitting it to you? Yeah, yeah. That was fine. (laughs) But then, I don't know, you hear about Roger Stone being like a swinger. Yeah, yeah. And kind of into all that stuff, and he's he's doing okay. Uh, That one guy who's always lying about everything. Oh, yeah. He was was, uh, a drag queen, right? Yeah, yeah. And, uh... They hate, I don't know. they hate drag queens now. They do, but, but I they imagine... like him because he'll lie about it. Yeah, they like that about him, <laughs> that he's a compulsive liar. Yeah, um, you know? Anyway. Good for him. <laughs> <laughs> we cut to Eugenie's house, and she's reading one of Martine's books. Martine talks in the book about how uh, she was blowing Christian, who again is her brother. She talks about tasting his cum and sharing it with him. As Eugenie reads, she gyrates her vagina in the air and stares at a picture of Martine in the book. She reaches in her closet and puts on some thigh highs and gets back into bed and gyrates more and fingers herself. She calls out Martine's name as she's enjoying herself and ends by tasting her fingers as she's done. 
Mm-hmm. Then Eugenie gets a call from Martine informing her that her father is allowing her to visit Martine this weekend, and Eugenie is very excited. So we see Eugenie making her way to a car and taking off. Her mother's watching from a window, and she asks Raymond where Eugenie's going. Raymond tells her that she had his permission. She's spending the weekend with a famous novelist. Oh, yeah. That she... Is that right? I mean, she's in a book. Well, she's... You, uh, Martine is a novelist. Okay, good. Uh, Martine Desaad. Yes, basically. <laughs> uh, so, Eugenie's mother asked Raymond why she didn't tell... Why he didn't tell her this, but Raymond just starts kissing and fondling his wife, killing the conversation. The couple, the couple shifts in bed, and Raymond mounts his wife missionary as they kiss. We get some close-up penetration shots from behind as he's nailing her, and this continues for a few minutes. And then we cut to Eugenie showing up at Martine's place. As this happens, we see Christian, naked, jump into the pool. Martine introduces Eugenie to Berto and Anna. Berto is only wearing his red zip-up Speedo. Ah, uh, yes. Anna is wearing a corset and thigh highs and garters, but nothing else. Are these the servants? Yes, they're okay. the servants slash couples that live with her. Are they just wearing, like, curly wigs? Maybe. It looks like they both have the same hair. <laughs> That's quite possible. Okay. Maybe they're brother and sister. I hope so. <laughs> Wait. Berto and Anna show Eugenie to the room she's staying in, and then we cut to Christian talking to Martine about how he's scared of being with a woman. Martine assures him that Eugenie is a virgin, and she'll satisfy him, saying this as she starts to make out with her brother. We cut back to Eugenie, and Anna undresses her as Martine looks into the room through a like a one-way mirror. Yeah, one of those... Uh, yeah, she's in the other room watching her through a fake mirror. Yeah, classic. Berto walks into Eugenie's room, and Eugenie covers herself in shame. Berto comes up behind Eugenie and starts to caress her, which startles her more. Martine yells from the other room for Berto to come to her. And when he does come to her, she tells him that they must take their time with Eugenie and make sure not to frighten her. So we watch as Eugenie and Anna walk into a room where Berto, Christian, and Martine are lounging around. Mm -hmm. Eugenie is now wearing a sexy red top and thigh highs. Martine, naked other than a sequin jacket and thigh highs, <laughs> uh, asks Anna to prepare the cocktail special as Berto plays guitar and Christian brings Eugenie a cigarette. Yes. Um, Berto plays guitar yes that's good he's like finwell yes he is we see anna in another room preparing the cocktail oh, yeah. she pours a mixture of liquids uh, a brown and a clear okay. first that's good that's into a, good a base. large bowl that's always a good base and then she sits the bowl on the ground and we watch as anna squats down and starts to pee in the bowl Drink a mile of piss to see her pussy. <laughs> we watch as Anna finishes peeing and then brings the cocktail onto a stool. Uh, we watch as she unzips Berto's banana hammock zipper <laughs> and begins to stroke his cock above the bowl. While we do not see him finish in the bowl, I believe that that is part of the cocktail special. It would have to be. I thought he was going to piss into it too, but it just seems to be... Uh, you'll eventually get some cum in there. Right. This is perhaps something that's cut from all of the versions that we have available and perhaps was in the original film. Perhaps. But I'm also willing to bet, since uh, Franco wasn't doing like a lot of takes, that Berto just never got hard enough to come and <laughs> yeah. then we just cut. <laughs> that That is also quite possible. In the other room, Martine is coolly smoking a cigarette and Eugenie is excitedly looking over to her. Martine starts to brush the butt of the cigarette against her clit. Did you think she was going to start smoking with her pussy? That was what I thought was going to happen next and never quite did. We don't get it. Maybe, I hope that's in the uncut version. I hope so, too. Anna then brings in the cocktail special and 
carries it over to Eugenie, who takes a big drink. It's very clearly empty at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, When Martine asks what Eugenie thinks of Anna's punch, Eugenie responds, Delicious! Delicioso! Martine asks if she can recognize the ingredients, and uh, Eugenie says she cannot. Martine promises Eugenie further delights this weekend, and then she takes a drink of the cocktail special for herself, licking her lips afterwards. It's at this point that we're introduced to Sandra, Corinne Gambier's character, who introduces herself to Eugenie. And we're also introduced to Carlo, played by Jeremy. No. Oh, yeah. That's me. I'm Carlo. <laughs> uh, in this case, uh, I don't have Carlo's name on the IMDb credits, but anyhow, he kisses Eugenie's neck and asks her to relax. This new couple caresses Eugenie's body, pulling up her dress and spreading her legs gently as their hands explore her thighs and then her pubic hair. They do some Saudian rambling, talking about desire without limits and always being prepared for orgasm. Mm-hmm. They continue to kiss Eugenie's face as they rub her pubic region and are finally stimulating her clit. Martine watches on, legs open. Berto kicks in with some guitar and we're introduced to some sort of game where they draw cards to determine what's going to happen next. Yeah, from a hat? Uh, something like that. It's a big cowboy hat, maybe. Or a bowl. I don't know. Pro- I'm going to say it was a cowboy hat, even though I don't clearly remember. I'm going to say that's what it was. I think you're right. It was a cowboy hat or a fedora. I think, you know, you're onto something there. Or a bowler. Oh, yeah. Uh, sombrero. <laughs> Anyhow... First, Sandra is commanded by the cards to eat out Martine and Anna. So, Martine and Anna bend over, and as advertised, Sandra eats them out from behind as Carlo makes out with Eugenie lightly. This continues for a bit, and Berto's still playing guitar. We're then told that Anna's mouth and Berto's prick must engage in mortal combat, Oh yeah, as it's explained in the subtitles here. So, uh... Anna reaches into Berto by punching into his scrotum and tears out his scrotum. Oh yeah, he just rips. She just rips her whole spine out through, or he rips his whole spine out through his scrotum. Yes, it's brutality. Cool. Yeah, a brutality even because he yes. explodes into a, a pillar of blood and bones. Uh, no. In fact, instead we get an unex an uninspiring non erect blowjob as Berto continues to play guitar. It doesn't seem like Mortal Kombat to me, but no. You know, I don't know. What am I to say? Sandra's watching and playing with herself, and Carlo's still kissing Eugenie. Berto finally gets hard, and then our favorite song plays. This continues for a bit, and Christian pulls out a card, commanding that Martine must make love to Carlo. So Martine lays on the ground, and Carlo caresses and kisses her before Martine pulls down his shorts and kisses him and then lays back on the ground. Carlo mounts her missionary as Sandra plays with herself and Eugenie is just watching on. Mm -hmm. Anna is trying really hard to get Berto off with no luck. Carlo is fucking Martine more and we get some close-up penetration shots from behind. Anna finally does finish off Berto, and he erupts in a pretty massive geyser of a cum shot. You think it's real? I think so. I mean, we see it coming out. I think it's fake. How do you think that movie magic works? They just get a fake dick, and they spray it. Okay, I guess, perhaps. That's what's called. That's why it's movie magic. They got, uh... Industrial light and magic to do it? Yeah. I mean, this is after Star Wars, so they probably needed a project after that, but before Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, and American Graffiti 2 was years away. (laughs) Anna licks and sucks his cock more as Martine and Carlo continue fucking. Anna walks over to Eugenie and helps take her dress the rest of the way off and licks her chest. The fucking continues and Anna caresses more of Eugenie's body and starts to lightly stimulate Eugenie's clit as we hear her breathing heavily. 
Carlo fucks Martine's mouth a bit as we continue to get close-ups of her vagina. Suddenly, we see a string of pearls used by Berto to restrain Eugenie's wrists, and she's dragged onto and tied to a bed. Eugenie cries out to Martine but gets no reply, as Martine is still getting face-fucked in the other room. We then see Eugenie writhing around more and crying out to Martine, uh, who enters the room, now in a new dress, but with a pretty large strap-on mounted to her. Yeah. She approaches Eugenie on the bed, and Eugenie sucks Martine's strap-on cock as Martine rubs Eugenie's vagina and starts to lick it and lightly finger it. Christian stands on the other side of the room, smoking and watching, as Martine continues to lick and finger. And then, Martine takes off her dress and mounts Eugenie Missionary to fuck her with the strap on. After a few minutes of this, Martine steps away, and Eugenie cries out for more. But then, Christian takes off his robe and unties Eugenie's hands, begins to make out with her and kiss her body. Martine, strap-on still attached, is playing with herself as she watches. Soon, Christian mounts Eugenie Missionary and begins to fuck her. This goes on for a little bit, and then we cut to outside, and it's daytime. We see Eugenie wake up in bed, and she's naked, other than her red thigh highs. She gets up and puts on a sheer wrap and walks into the living room where there's a puddle of flesh on the floor. Yeah, it's, um... Pulsating flesh, even. Yes. Wow, look at those tits. <laughs> so Anna, Sandra, and another woman who is never named in the movie are there. Okay. Sandra is our French porn star. We've cur- yes, yeah. Corrine. Corrine, yes. Uh, they're on the floor with Martine. When Eugenie walks over, the crew pulls her down and surrounds Eugenie, caressing and pleasuring her. And then Berto and another guy, who is uh, Jao or jo- J-O-A-O. I don't know how to pronounce that. Joe. <laughs> yes, Joe. Uh, they come running in naked, hearing the excitement. Uh, Joe <laughs> invites everyone to the beach, and Eugenie and the unnamed woman run off with them in excitement. Staying in the house, Anna rubs her breast against uh, Sandra's vagina for a few minutes. Yeah. And uh, Christian shows up. Nip to crotch action. Yeah. You see this sometimes, but I wonder if it ever actually happens with lesbians. I've never been in the room. No. We're not allowed. Yeah. We're not allowed. We're invading. No boys allowed. We're invading female spaces. They right. need to have a safe space where they can rub their nipples wherever they want to. Yeah, they don't they do it away from prying eyes. <laughs> so Anna and Sandra playfully wrestle with Christian, wanting to have a go with his, as they say, hard on. We see the two couples that ran to the beach running on the beach. As Anna and Sandra force Christian inside the house to the ground and start to blow him. They soon finish him off, licking and indeed tasting his sperm. Thank you. The couples on the beach continue to run around, and then we cut back to the house, and there's a party of people naked in rubber masks. Oh yeah, this I think it calls back a calls forward, calls back uh, calls forward to sex is crazy. Okay, the sex is crazy came out later, right? Yes. Yeah, this calls forward to sex is crazy and the monster masks. These are probably. Some of the same masks, I would imagine. Yeah, I would not be surprised if these were reused. Just Franco just keeps them in a big smelly trunk that he just drives around in the van. (laughs) Martine tells Eugenie that this is her big night, the masquerade. She must choose a mask and everyone's identity will be kept secret. Martine says that she will guide Eugenie through the night. Eugenie puts on a weird wrinkly face mask and dances with some naked blokes. Blokes? When did yes, you become Australian? Blokes. Yes. Uh, when, I don't know. Oh, no. That's how they say no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love them. Eugenie gets on her knees as she's surrounded by their bouncing cocks as they dance around. 
they have no real hope of actually going into her mouth with this mask on because there's not a big enough hole in the mask. No, they're just grinding their tip against the latex. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, agitating it, I imagine. Martine and Eugenie make out on the floor a bit, surrounded by the dancing naked men. We see some oral via a tongue sticking out of a small hole in a rubber mask. Suddenly, we see Raymond, again Eugenie's father, walking in, prompting Martine to greet him. Raymond asks where his daughter is, and Martine tells him, well, she's long gone. She says Eugenie was a little girl and didn't like their lifestyle. Raymond says that he's relieved to hear this and has to leave, but Martine insists that he should dress up and join the party, promising that he'll be satisfied. She gets down and licks his cock and sticks her tongue through a small hole in the mask. We see various fuckery around the room, and Eugenie is also sticking her tongue through a hole in her mask to lick some cocks lightly. We see plenty of depravity across the room, and Martine leads Raymond over to Eugenie, telling her this man is her favorite and that Martine is passing him to Eugenie. Raymond, in a mask, nuzzles Eugenie's neck and lays her on the ground. He gets on top of her and grinds against her a bit. We see more sucking and fucking across the room, and finally, Raymond mounts and starts to fuck Eugenie. He then gets his cock licked by her for a bit. We then see Christian take off his mask and announce... It's midnight. Time for everyone to take off their masks and reveal themselves. Everyone does, and when Eugenie and her father reveal themselves, Eugenie is happy that her father's there. Raymond, unfortunately, is very shocked. Yes, but makes no attempt to flee. No, Eugenie goes back to sucking his cock, and he does not stop her. (laughs) Martine notes that Eugenie was an apt pupil. The sucking continues as other women play with Eugenie. Her dad then finishes on her neck. We get more close-ups of facials around the room and some gooey mouths and silhouette. And then on screen we get Finn and the movie's over. That's it. That was the cocktail special. I hope everybody enjoyed it. No. I didn't finish mine. (laughs) Damn it. Yeah. Yeah. You'll never trick me into sucking my dad. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back to give our final thoughts on Cocktail Special. Yes, I know that you never prepare for things. You can't do that. It all has to be off the top of the head. All right. Well, it's time to uh, go off the top the of your head. The raincoat review. <laughs> <laughs> Did I do that right? No, but that's okay. Okay. Do you want to do it again? No. Okay. Let's not bother. All right. This let's, is typical raincoat report quality. <laughs> let's not bother. At all? Yeah. Okay. Well, oh. uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, you know, I, I um, <laughs> film's just sucking and fucking. Yeah. Yeah. Not not much else goes on, and yet so much is said. So much happens, and yet nothing happens. Yeah, it's beautiful in its way. This feels like. Uh, Lulu's talking ass of like his Dasad films. Yeah, I could see that. There's like not much happens to it. There's just a bunch of like I said, sucking and fucking holes getting punched. Uh, lots of soft dicks getting sucked. Lots, lots of soft dicks getting sucked. Uh, it does feel like contractually made hardcore film almost. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. But despite that, there's definitely some Franco influences here that are uh, very obvious got the uh 
intense focus on zoom ins. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lots of like just zoom ins on vaginas at random times. Yeah, a lot of uh, posing, just some odd characters with a little bit of Sadian philosophy mixed in. Um, just to kind of kind of paste it all together. But the cocktail special itself surprised me, I think. I was not expecting a extended water sports sequence where a lady filled a bowl with piss. Yeah, that was, uh, of course, the highlight of the film, I think. Yeah, I think so. If they, I thought the guy was going to piss in there. I thought the bowl was just going to be brimming with piss. <laughs> but he just comes a little bit in it, and that's, that's the final ingredient. Yeah, we can... It's like a flaming mo. Right, that's why we mixed our own for this episode. Yeah, mine was just plain brown, but uh, I got you to drink some some sperms. <laughs> you know? Taste, 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 taste of your sperm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would say this is in the middle of the pack for uh, his hardcore films. Yeah. I feel like it, it lacked much direction beyond uh, just him... F- Pointing and filming at his friends just all having uh, sex. Yeah. But uh, at the same time, there were enjoyable elements of it. The cocktail, the the masked party, that kind of thing. But uh, I would say ultimately it's a weaker Franco film. Yeah. I, I would give it like a, a nice two and a half. Okay. Um cocktail you guys gotta wait i'd wait till happy hour <laughs> i'm not paying don't pay full price yeah i'll say that cocktail special isn't quite uh you know it's not the highest quality just franco work it's definitely very surface level like some of jess's work is um I think that the general depravity of it is fun, but Mm -hmm. at the same time, you can kind of tell that he wasn't trying super hard, and I don't think that the performances of everybody are really that committed. Yeah. Um, I would say, though, that there's there's definitely some fun to be had here. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that the... General concept of it is fun. I think that if it were expanded a little bit more, it would be a lot more successful. Yeah, it is a it is a short film. It's like seventy two minutes thereabouts. Yeah. yeah. Um, it is maybe like the fourth movie that we've seen that has father daughter incest at the very end. Because mm-hmm. we got we got our pretty peaches. Right. We got the erotic adventures of candy. Mm-hmm. Body love? Was She's that in the orgy big, at the end? There's definitely a big orgy at the end. I'm sure her father was involved. Uh, Malabimba had some uncle niece stuff going yeah, on. Yeah, 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 for sure. So definitely um, uh, incest. That was a that was a twist I didn't exactly see coming. I'd kind of forgotten about him being like a weird masochist pervert. Yeah, as soon as he showed up to the party, though, I knew exactly where it was going. Right, yeah, yeah. We had seen this, basically this exact same ending in two to three other movies. Right, no, and it's uh, it's funny how, like, different people react to it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously, John Leslie, back in Pretty Peaches, he didn't know what the world had come to. <laughs> but uh, other people, they seem a little more into their, their daughters sucking their dick. And, uh, you know, I think it's just... Uh, that's capitalism. Like, <laughs> like you expect a return on your investment. You know, and I'm not saying that's good. I'm saying it's bad, actually. But, uh, you know, it's the Reagan era for you. Yeah. 1978, it's Carter. Right. But the Reagan era, it's, it's coming. It's coming. Yeah, it's coming. Like, in, uh, we talked about back in Hot Rackets. It's coming, and uh, you're not going to like what you get. <laughs> no. But, uh. Just you know, ready. Just be ready for all that money to trickle down. Yeah, like a cocktail special, straight from the tap. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say three, four and a half from Boss. Six star. No, uh, three stars. That's fair. That's. I, uh, I, I think it's. I think it's. 
I had a lot of fun with it, I'll say. It, I wouldn't say that it's particularly good. If I was rating it on just goodness, mm-hmm. it would probably be two and a half. But as far as fun that I had with it, I had a, a three's worth of fun. Okay, good. <laughs> but uh, uh, that's Cocktail Special. And uh, next week, we're going to... We're going to shoot up into the future. Yeah, we're going to wrap up Franco February. Um, and if you, you know, if you haven't subscribed yet, we're doing a uh, a delightful episode of uh, Pornhub Roulette coming out this Friday. You've yes. Got, you've got a couple days to uh, give us $5 and uh, we'll see, see a world of corporate sponsorships. Okay. Giants. Highway overpasses, perhaps. Uh. We'll see what the end game of organized religion is. Oh, I already know. I don't think you know what I'm going to show you, though. I have, Anyhow. My, I have my own ideas about organized religion, and uh, but I'm always willing to learn some more. Okay. <laughs> uh, you have taught me a lot about organized religion, having been to uh, Catholic school. Yeah. But I'm going to teach you a little thing or two about organized religion this week. I'll tell you the one thing they'll take care of a problem like organized religion. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Raincoat Report. Jeremy will check it once a week, <laughs> as he said earlier. I, I, I check the Instagram more. Okay, fair enough. I'm always. I've got a new laptop. I'm going to start posting screens. Uh, probably not this week for cocktail special. It's kind of blurry, but uh, <laughs> I'll get some of those al- some of those alligator women that uh, you always see about in the National Inqu- in the Enquirer. Yeah, you know uh, that's a little hint for next week. Yeah, <laughs> uh, very subtle. Thank you. I already hinted. <laughs> I posted our uh, conversation about cocktails already. So okay, well yeah, you know it's you know, fine. I'm giving little hints, but uh, I'm going to try to get back to doing screens again. I did the entirety of a climax of blue power and then checked the folder and then nothing had like worked. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I got very frustrated and it's uh, taken a couple of weeks to, to uh, come out of the spiral, but it's coming back. I'll post multiple times a week uh, okay. on each account and uh, all of you all. And if you're, if you're going one of the Martin's parties, don't forget your raincoat. Yes, and don't drink the cocktail special unless unless you really want to. I think uh, if you'd like to drink the cocktail special, hit me up in the DMs. <laughs> uh, goodbye. What you're about to do is against the law in Alabama. <laughs>